Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the upcoming doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, it doesn't matter. We're here to talk about all the best and the brightest as they make their way to their dream careers. I'm your host, Jonathan Carr. Join me as we have a spectacular conversation with an equally spectacular person. You ready? Let's go. Hello, world, and happy new year. We made it into 2023. We survived, people. And what better way to start the new year strong than to bring out my next guest for the upcoming 21st episode. You're going to love this one, folks. This woman is just embodies the word achievement. Straight out of Washington Heights, New York, she has performed at the Apollo Theater, Carnegie Hall, and was a contestant on The Voice Dominicana. She's worked with legends, including Smokey Robinson, and she's even her, earned the Ellis Fitzgerald Scholarship while at SUNY Purchase College and was voted popular choice with the Young Arts Foundation, and now she's here. Ladies and gentlemen, a woman as artistic as she is alluring and radiant, Yancey Abril. How's it going, Yancey? Hey, hey, hey. It's going well. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> nice, nice. So, Yancey, one thing that the upcoming always does is I always want to allow my guests to introduce themselves. You know, people don't want to hear just me talk. Let's just hear you, Yancey. So, in your own words, who and what exactly are you? Okay. Well, hello, everyone. Um, uh, my name is Yancey, but my artist's name is Yancey Abril, or Yancey Abril. I don't know what sounds better. <laughs> um, I'm a singer from New York. I was born in Brooklyn, raised in Washington Heights. Um, yeah, I've been writing and singing since the age of 10. Um, I'm 20-something now. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. Music full-time, that's all I do. Nice, nice, music full-time. So now I just want to get into your background a bit, uh, Yancey, because um, I understand you started, uh, you said in an interview that you started when you were around uh, seven or so, five or seven, and you didn't take um, really take music seriously until you were about, say, uh, 13 or 14? Was it Okay, yeah, so, so good. Uh, okay, <laughs> sorry, I was, I was keep I was finishing off. So, what were some of your initial thoughts when you first decided? You know what? This is what I want to do. This is my destiny. Yeah. Um. So around the age of seven, my mom kind of knew I was already into the arts, and I was a very I had a big personality. Um. Yeah, I was a uh, I was a character as a kid, and my mom kind of knew that I would end up going in that route, but it was just as a thing for fun. I would be, like, in something called CUNY in the Heights. Uh, so in the neighborhood where I grew up, they had this, like, after-school program and summer program that I would go to for just, like, guitar and acting classes and stuff. And then it wasn't until I got to fifth grade where I did my first talent show, and I performed for the very first time. I was so nervous, but... Um, it eventually, the nerves eventually left, um, and I was so comfortable up there. And from that moment on, I kind of just knew that I really wanted to be a singer and a performer, and that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. Um, and then I truly took it seriously, like going to classes and school for music around the age of 12 and 13, and, you know, yeah, kept going on. I don't think I can hear you. Okay, there we go. Yeah. Nice. So it sounds like you've really been able to like carry this music a long way, starting from when you were first performing all the way up till now. But I got to know, even now when you get on stage, do you get like a sense of like, anxiety or like a little bit of fear when you come on stage, or is it all just kind of gone away? Of course. I mean, I don't know if every artist feels that way, like, after years of doing this, but I do get a bit of anxiety. I wouldn't say nerves, really, but I do get anxiety because I just want to do my best, and I take this so seriously that I just want to show the world, um, I guess, also how serious I am about my music. Um, 
and I just want to do good, you know. I want people to like my shows and to, to like my music. And I think that's the only reason why I get anxiety, which is something I'm trying to work on um, because I do think that it takes away from me doing my best. Um, so, yeah, it's just something that, that I'm still working on and struggling with because uh, it's very real. So, yeah, I do get a bit of anxiety. Yeah. I see. So now let's just move on to some of your influences, because I understand singers like Whitney Houston, especially, and like Aretha Franklin, a lot of good singers out there have just sort of built your desire to continue to write songs and you know, play your own music. But what did all these singers, all these influences have in common, Yancy, that you love the most? The first thing that came to my head was, uh, I guess, knowing themselves and their confidence. So, I don't know. that. Yeah, that's just one thing that, that really I would see from them and that I could learn from them. And it's something that I'm still, again, still working on. I'm still growing, you know, I'm still very young. Um, but, yeah, I love that about them. And I think that's why they're my favorite, you know, Risa, Whitney, um, and many more, obviously. But... I love that they're they just know themselves and you and you can see how comfortable they are and who they are. Um and yeah, that's that's why they're they're the, the greatest. So I, I wanna be that way too. I wanna be able to know myself and feel comfortable with um being me, you know? So yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's that makes a lot of sense, just being confident in themselves and their style and how they wanna do things. And that leads me right back to you, Yancy, because you have said in another interview that one of the things you want is just, like, respect for what you do and your craft and not wanting to be controlled by other people, especially by labels. You know, you once said that studios are, like, trying to dictate how you write your songs and everything. You just don't want anything to do with that. So I got to know, was there ever a moment where you had to, like, just – openly sort of stand up for that respect or freedom when it was, like, denied to you at all in any sort of way? And if so, what was that like? Of course. Um, I remember this was actually a while ago. Um, I was working with some people, and I, I think they were just trying to mold me into something that I wasn't and that I wasn't comfortable with. Um, just, I guess, to see me. They kind of saw me as, like, a profit, <laughs> like to make money off of me um, as a singer. Um, and I, I, I remember standing up to them. I was like, look, this is not what I want. This is not my brand. Uh, I don't want to talk about these things in my songs. I don't want to wear these things on stage. Um, and I guess they just kind of like let me go because I wasn't doing what they wanted me to do. Um, and, I, and you know what? At first I was a bit sad. I was like, dang, like maybe I should have, you know, done what they wanted me to do, but I didn't, and I'm happy I didn't, um, because it's not me, um, and better opportunities have come and are still coming, so, yeah, when one door closes, another one opens, I know that's so cliche, but it's very true. It is absolutely true, you know, someone's going to be there when everybody else isn't, and that's just the beauty of it, frankly, so... I just gotta know a little bit more about it. When you, I just gotta know a little bit more about. It. I just gotta know when you get like these different opportunities. Is it still you still just like get a little bit afraid of getting turned down, or at this point have you just come to accept whatever happens? Um, most of the time I kind of just like go into some sort of situation not expecting anything, just let, letting the universe handle it. If it's for me, it's for me. If it's not, great. There will be more. Um, but there are times where I'm like, I really want something to happen. I really want it. And then, you know, it doesn't happen. And I do get very upset um, because I just, like every artist, we, we all just want our break, you know, something really cool to say that, that happened to us um, and just something really awesome to happen in our career. So when I get told no, which has been a lot of no's for me, um, it's kind of hurtful because you work so hard and you're just like, dang, when is this going to happen for me? (laughs) But um, you know what? I'm just learning to just let the universe handle it and what's for me is for me. I love that answer. 
what's for you is for you, 100%. So now, let's just go through your your songs, uh, Yancey, because I just heard, I heard your single, uh, The Way, which, by the way, folks, is out now, and the music video is also on YouTube. Check it out. It's an absolute banger. And when I was hearing your song, I thought a lot of some of the other music you've released, and this one especially, it felt the tone of it was really relaxed, but also kind of emotional, too. It's just like an easy, you know, really easy song to just sort of lay down and just listen to, you know, read a book to, go for a walk to. And that same sort of relaxed yet emotional tone I've heard in a lot of your uh, other songs, too. Uh, would you agree with that at all, by chance? Um, for this specific song, yeah, because it wasn't like to show off any like crazy vocals or anything. It was just a song about you know liking somebody and um, just being super. It, it was just a very chill song. I wanted it to be very chill, um, and I guess lo-fi, you could say. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun creating. Yeah. Yeah. So. When you go for, and of course there's a lot of themes of like sort of jazz and like pop in there as well, was this sort of blend like always your preferred like style or were you experimenting a lot before you came to this sort of trajectory? It's so funny because I actually wrote this song when I was 17 <laughs> and I never released it. Um, I don't I don't know why, I guess... Timing, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I just kind of, yeah, my style has always been to blend in jazz with that acoustic pop kind of sound with um, some dope, you know, drum beat in there. <laughs> um, yeah, that's kind of where I want to continue going, but I, I'm probably going to switch up my sound this year. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited for that. I think it's, it's good to, to get out of your comfort zone a little bit. Um, and nothing that I'm going to do anything crazy, you know, but something more different, but also stay true to who I am as an artist. Uh, so, yeah. I see. I see. So does that mean we'll be hearing, like, different kind of instruments, like flutes or pianos or anything? Can you just, like, give um, us a hint? Let's see. Well, I do want to get into the Spanglish thing. So mixing Spanish with English. Um, I want to make something that's me, you know, Yancey. I'm both American, obviously, and my family is Dominican, so I'm Dominican-American. I want to blend all of that background uh, into what I like, which is acoustic music, and I love jazz. Um, and I just want to blend it all, and I want to try that this year, and let's see if it goes the way that I want it to. <laughs> and if it doesn't, well, well, we'll keep trying. And I'm still also trying to find myself as an artist, which is my goal. Because um, I feel like I'm a little bit all over the place because I don't really know 100% what it is that I want musically. Um, and I don't 100% know who I am, too. I'm still learning who I am. Um, so, yeah, we're, we're going we're gonna to see. We're going to see. I have some songs coming out this year, too. So uh, it's some good stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that's another thing. You have another single coming out uh, pretty soon. Can you tell us about... Um the next uh, upcoming single along the way, because this one I know is going to be a good one. Yeah. So, well, I have two. So one is called Running on My Mind. Um, yeah. I was so nervous for this one because I, one of my friends, they were producing this song and I heard it. It was very pop. Uh, so I was like, you know, this sounds like a really fun song. I don't really have that many fun, upbeat songs like this. So, I was like, can I try writing to it? And he was like, yeah, I'll take it. Um, and I did, and it, I like it, but it's just so different that I'm so scared for the world to hear it because <laughs> um, they might be like, okay, what are you doing, Yancy? Um, And it is very out of my comfort zone. And then the other one is back to, you know, the, the chill kind of vibe, but it's not acoustic. Um, it's more leaning to the R&B world, um, and it's a very beautiful song. Uh, I still don't have have all the details for release for it, but it will be released soon. So, yeah, and then I have my EP as well. So, But, yeah, this next song is very pop, so I'm a little nervous about people's reactions. 
And as you continue to release new music, there's sort of you know evolution from where you started with, let's say, uh, Shut You Down, all the way up to coming up now, Running On My Mind. So when you look at this, like this evolution of just how you've progressed in music, what? How do you think you've changed the most from way back then up till now? Hmm. How have I changed? I think I changed a lot. I think um, in terms of how I perform a song when I sing it, you can hear this. It's a huge difference. I, I was going through my discography and I was looking at all my songs. I was. By the way, I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> um, and I just, I love, thank you. I love how you could hear the difference in my voice in each song, and it just gets better and better. Not saying that I'm at my best, because I'm not. I'm still growing, and there's still so much for me to learn. But I love that, and I love, every, like, all of my favorite artists. I would go to their very first song that they released to what they sound like now, and it's so beautiful, and their growth. And just maybe they, they learned how to, you know, improvise a little bit more. And it's so beautiful. So, yeah, I definitely hear a difference in the way I perform my songs and a bit more strength in my voice compared to when, you know, my first singles to my most recent. So. Yes. Now, I just have another question for you, uh, Yancey. And that's, are you by, do you by any chance, this is going to be a, sound a bit random, but... Do you, by any chance, uh, read poetry? A little bit, yes. I have a whole poetry book of Maya Angelou, and, um, yeah, I think that's it. I have some other ones, but they're, like, unknown poets. I see. And my mom. Because the reason I thought... Oh, is she? Yeah. Nice. She wrote a lot of poetry. She wrote a lot. She doesn't really do it anymore, but she's one of my biggest inspirations, and I read a lot of her stuff. It's really good. Nice, nice, nice. Well, I hope she publishes a poetry book sometime soon. I'd love to see it myself. I hope so, too. <laughs> All right. But, you know, the reason I ask that question is because with a lot of your music, especially like, if I was a bird, I like that song good. And, you know, especially the songs from your um, from your uh, EP, um, I've, I just really see a lot of your lyrics as sort of poetic. You know, it's just that balance of whether you're talking about just just love or heartbreak or just anything in general, because you know your music is like super relatable and super grounded in relationships and like your own personality. I thought to myself, you know what, this is this is just really poetic and really artistic in a way, and it reminded me a lot of something that a poet uh, named Kevin Young uh, told me, and it's poetry afflicts the comforted and comforts the afflicted. Would you, by any chance, see this quote reflected in uh, any of your music at all? Well, my goal, my goal with my lyrics is to always um, have some sort of meaning to it. Um, and, yeah, you hit the, the, what is it, the hammer right on the nail? <laughs> um, you know, right yeah, on the head. Yeah, yeah, that. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what that's my goal, and I kind of usually start my lyrics as a poem before as a melody, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, I just never want to write something that just doesn't seem either relatable or just seems kind of cliche. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know if I answered your question, but. Yeah, that's always my goal. I never, I hate writing songs that are just like, oh, okay, whatever. I always want some sort of depth, depth to it. Um, yeah. Nice. So you always want to make sure that you know people like aren't just hearing your song lyrics that they that they're really actually just getting and relating and understanding what you're saying. Which is probably the biggest compliment after every show that I I do. I know one of the songs that a lot of people compliment me on is Just Friends, because um, I really go into a, a bit of detail, kind of, um, about the story. Um, I, I talk about how they feel and how I feel, 
And everybody kind of just comes up to me after the show, and they're like, wow, that one song was like, I really related to that one, and I really felt that one. Um, that's probably my favorite one of yours, and it's the biggest compliment. Um, like, I don't care about my performance. Like, if you can relate to my lyrics and that really stands out to you, that's the biggest compliment for me, and that's my biggest goal. I just want people to relate to my music. Yeah, yeah. That's, well, I totally understand, you know. I've, I relate to a lot of your lyrics as well, especially from your uh, Cherry EP, because yeah. we've, yeah, you know, talking about things that you know, we've all been through and we all feel. So it's just a great listen. Yeah. So let's just, now let's just take a step back from what you've released now back to what you've done, because you were on The Voice, The Voice to Manicon specifically, but The Voice, you know, and you sang your heart out. And I know you, in one of your performances, you won two of the judges over. Or was it three? It was three of the judges over. Yeah, three of the judges over. That is amazing. So, yeah, the voice Dominicana, you know, it's, that's a huge achievement. You were on TV. You People were just cheering for you. And I know that was – I know it had to be a lot of pressure on you when you were getting on stage and performing. But, you know, as you sang more songs, like what were – what was going through your mind as – you were going through this competition because I know it had to be just a huge rush of it just going through your head, even as you were singing. Again, it's the whole anxiety thing. I had never experienced that much anxiety like I did on that show. Um, not saying that I didn't have fun. Um, it was a great experience, but I had so much anxiety. Um, but the only time I was actually like, really nervous was my audition. Um because I just wanted somebody to turn for me. I was scared. I was like, what if I'm up here and nobody turns for me? This is embarrassing. Um, but, yeah, at least three people turned. But every performance I did, I just wanted to be good. I wanted to stay in the competition. I didn't necessarily want to win, but I wanted to make it, you know, far. And I did. And I achieved my goal. Um, and my favorite performance is probably the last one I did uh, for the semifinals. I just, I truly let go that time. I let go. I had fun. I knew what I came to do. Um, it was still, it still wasn't perfect vocally, but um, I still had a lot of fun, and I, I don't really care. It was I was happy for myself. I was happy for my my peers. Um, it was a good night. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Was this semifinal? Was that the one where you uh, sang uh, "My All" by Mariah Carey? That was a gala. That was before the semifinals. The semifinals, ah. I sang a Spanish. With my guitar, yeah. Nice, nice. Well, I honestly wish I just could have been there uh, in the audience, <laughs> but seeing your performances, you know, that was definitely a great time. But, you know, just one more thing I, I got to know about Dominicana. What was something you learned after everything was all said and done with that with that show and you, you went back home? What was something you learned? Um, Living in the moment. Living in the moment is something that I learned. Um, and it's so e so much easier said than done because, you know, you have the pressure of cameras in your face and you also have to act a lot. It's, you know, you don't, you're not um, being 100% truthful, I guess. So, uh, but, yeah, just trying to live in the moment and just um, having fun, which is something I don't, really do. Uh, I'm just always in my head just wanting to do a good job and that distracts me from having fun and actually doing a good job. Um, so yeah, living in the moment and I was so upset after every performance. Not upset, but like most of the time I'd just be upset with myself because it's just a two minute performance and I missed it by being in my head and wondering if people like it or not, you know? So yeah, that's that's one thing I learned. I see because you know you said you also said in an interview that you don't really see much point in like competition with others, and you're really focused on competition within yourself because you said like there's enough space to go around in sort of the music field, but in this in this show like it's all pretty much like about like competition and proving you are like 
the singer who deserves to win all four judges. But was that ever, was that by any chance the first time where that feeling you had about competition was directly like disputed by just being in the show, or did you still stay true to like this is about me um, bringing defeating myself in terms of like my own fears or my own doubts instead of like me defeating others? Oh yeah, I still stay true to what. I believe, which is there's no need to be in competition with anybody else but yourself. And um, I was still, throughout the whole show, I didn't care about nobody else. Not in like a, you know, in a, um, what's the word? Not in a arrogant way. Um, I wanted everybody to do good. But I, I was focusing on me. I wanted to do better than every performance prior to the one I was doing. So that was always my goal when I got up to that stage. I wasn't worried about the actual competition. I was worried about me doing better than before. So, yeah, that's always been a thing for me. And it's very true. It's, there's so much space for us in this industry. Like, there's no need to be in competition with anybody else. Even though I know I'm in a competition show, <laughs> um, so it was just more being in competition with myself and doing better and growing. Yeah. So, by any chance, do you, th do you think maybe just that sort of competitive side of an artist of just wanting to be better than everybody else could be the most detrimental uh, part of them, or is there something else even more harmful? That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I think thinking that you know it all is probably very detrimental to your career. Or not career, but just your artistry because you don't know it all um not even when you're like 70 <laughs> you, you're still learning some new things so i think always knowing that there's more to learn um you're still growing and that you're not better than anybody else nobody's better than anybody else you might be more advanced than somebody else in certain things um but there will always be somebody more advanced than you but you're never better than anybody I love that. I love that. So it's just all about having humility and just understanding yeah. that someone's going to outshine you one day. And I know I, I, I know I'm, I sound like a broken record, but I'm still learning things, and I love to surround myself by people who know more than me. Um, so I know currently I just started collaborating in songwriting, which is something I've never done, um, writing with other writers, uh, which is it was the scariest thing ever. I was like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of surrounded myself by people who are quicker with songwriting or, or better vocal or more advanced vocals, <laughs> uh, where I would like to be vocally. Um, so yeah, surrounding yourself by people who you want to kind of, I guess, be like, uh, or learn from is very important. So. Yeah. And you know, there's something... It's funny when you said still learning and like to uh, learn from others because there's something that I got to know about. You were a um, Grammy U member, you know, you were with the uh, Recording Academy, where I know you got to meet a lot of uh, artists and a lot of professionals and just learn best how to do it and improve from there on out. So when you learn from all these, uh, all these professionals, all these amazing people, like. What is what are some of the things they taught you, uh, to like to be once you once you left and went off on your own? Well, I'm actually still with Grammy U because after you graduate, they let you stay with them until like two years, so you're still able to go to their workshops and still stay in contact with them. Um, but I know from a lot of professionals that I got to work with, um, one thing that they really like made sure that we all kind of knew was build meaningful relationships with people that you want to be around. So don't just, like, reach out to somebody and be like, hey, I want this from you. Make sure that you're actually building a, a meaningful relationship. Reach out to them in a different way, more like, oh, I, I feel like you're someone that I could truly learn from. Here's something that I can do for you. And, of course, you'll get something in return from them. Um, but, yeah, building meaningful relationships is something that they truly kind of, like, 
embedded in our brains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, build meaningful relationships, and that's where things like networking come in, just going out and presenting yourself to other people. And so I was, what was, what was one sort of like time of, with networking or time with, I'm sorry, if you hear any noise, that's my dog. He just barged into my room. I figured. I, he's, I figured. He's sort of, <laughs> yes, he's, he's, he loves attention. Um, but what was, what was the time where, you built a connection that just provided like so much support and so much um, just sort of clarity for you in your career. Just tell us about that, if you'd like. So I guess one of my first mentors at Grammy U, uh, she, I, till this day, she's still someone I, I um, stay in touch with. Her name is Helen O'Shea. And, um, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say. What was the question again? Yeah, just tell us more about that um, connection that you built with her. Just tell us about your relation with her and just, like, how that's helped you grow. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I would always ask her questions about, you know, her career, and I would always ask her how she's doing. Like, she's a human being, although, of course, she's someone I can um, – uh, I don't know how to, I guess, get things, like, get something from, but um, I would always ask her how she's doing or a nice happy birthday, um, and, yeah, I mean, it, it was, we have a beautiful relationship, and we got to write a song together, um, which is, actually, she was my first person that I wrote a song with, uh, and it was a bit hard, uh, because, you know, I've never written a song with other people, it was always me in my room, um, and she really just taught me how to collaborate uh, in that way. And we got to write the song. We finished it. It got on the first ballot for a Grammy nomination, which is uh, a big deal for me. Obviously, it's not at the Grammys, but, hey, it's close. Um, so I was happy about that, too. So, um, And, yeah, to this day, I can ask her about anything. Like, we've, we're at that point where I can – um, after, hey, can you do me this favor or can I get your help on this? Because we, we already have a trusting relationship. Um, and there is genuine care for each other as mentor and student. So, yeah, that's that's what, what you know, um, building a meaningful relationship is supposed to be with a professional, you know. So. I love it, you know. I love it. Just that mentor-mentee relationship. And, yeah, it is vital to growth and to also just human, just feeling human, you know, because professionals, like mentors, everybody you work with, they're all humans with their own feelings. And just something as simple as, uh, hey, how have you been, can really brighten somebody's mood. So, And, you know, it's just that humanization that I wanted to, go into a little bit more, some sort of transitioning here, Yancey, because I've really been wanting to ask you this. I saw uh, the guy you uh, performed with at Rockwood named uh, Harvey uh, Leona, I think his name was. Yeah, he. I saw one of his Instagram posts. He was uh, performing a song, and in his uh, caption, he talked about uh, the importance of you know suicide awareness and um, some of his attempts at suicide, and it just really got me thinking about an artist's and mental health, because we both know that a lot of artists, a lot of musicians especially, go through bad, like, mental um, mental illnesses, whether it be depression or just anxiety or just a bunch of other things that can lead to, you know, alcoholism, drug use, and eventually suicide. So, you know, when you look at it, Yancey, how do you try to sort of protect and maintain your... Uh, mental health so you can continue to do what you love? That's a big question. I'm working on it. Um, it's kind of sad how artists, we kind of have to compromise our, our sanity <laughs> for our art. And um, us just wanting to make a living off of something that we love and it not really going the way you want it to. Um, so it being an artist is a beautiful thing, but it's also a difficult journey. Um, but 
I, like I said before, I'm just trying to learn to let the universe handle it because I can't, you know, I've, I wouldn't say I've lost my mind, <laughs> but I've stressed myself out so hard because of certain, because of me wanting things to be quicker and more opportunities to come to me that I would just like, I'd be just mentally exhausted um, and I'd be very sad <laughs> for a long time. Um so I'm really just learning to let the universe handle it because I can't lose my mind off of it. Um, it's not worth it. Um, uh, but I'm still obviously going to keep working hard and making sure that, you know, my dreams come true, just not to the point where I'm really, like, making myself lose my mind. <laughs> so I, I journal a lot. I talk. I don't know. I, I'm not very religious, but I do believe in God. Um, I do talk to God a lot. I pray, um, and I'm just, you know, just letting the universe handle it. So, yeah. Beautiful. You know, just let the universe handle it. I see. Talk to God and God zeros. You know, it's all these things together that can really, even just for a few seconds, can also take somebody a long way because it's not just, uh, you know, building others up. It's about building yourself up. you got to take care of yourself before you take care of others. And, you know, it's, whether it's just having a long conversation with somebody or just taking time to yourself, I think everyone has a different way of doing it. And what you described is, honestly, it sounds like you, like if somebody says you would, you would like time alone. Isn't that right, Nancy? Is there, are there ever times where you just think to yourself, yeah, I just need to just get me out of here. I just want to just, I just need some solitude right now. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty almost usually alone. <laughs> um, I'm not always like in a studio with a bunch of people. That's like, um, not rare, but like sometimes when I'm actually working on a song that's ready or something. Um, but most of the time I'm just at home working on my songs and um practicing uh but yeah sometimes it what really works for me is leaving the house because i think being in this like in indoors kind of just drives you crazy for after a long time so it's very important for me to to leave the house and just walk and i do feel so much better it's like okay i can breathe now um i can appreciate earth <laughs> and nature and the sky and the sun um, and what better way to but, what, what better place to walk around than in New York City? You know? Right, right. Yeah, and there is so much inspiration in that too, um, which is important for me as a songwriter. So yeah, leaving uh, that little cave of mine and going out and just taking a break uh, from music is very important. And also doing things other than music um, is very important. Uh, and helps me out a lot because uh, it's like I feel like I'm in my my own little bubble um, of just me 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 and my music when I'm kind of missing out on everything else that's happening in the world. It's not just about me and my music. There are other things. So uh, volunteer work is very important for me, um, and other kinds of jobs too uh, is very important. Yeah, yeah, and you know what? That was leading to my next question because. You have worked uh, like with youth and with community, namely when you were a, a resident assistant back uh, in college and also when you have done volunteer with like Little Kids Rock uh, and um, Global Teens YMCA, you were a volunteer. And also you worked with, I believe it was called the uh, NYC Department for Youth and Community Development. So in all of these different places where, you know, you were just being there, supporting uh, community, uh, what was what was something that you wanted to just leave and, like, do for, like, the youth or, like, the new generation? I think I just wanted to be a positive figure for them. I know the, the youth that I mostly worked with were youth in communities where, you know, um, they didn't really have the most uh, positive figures in their lives. 
uh, and they were surrounded by some serious stuff uh, that I won't get too much into detail with. But I think what I wanted was to just be a positive figure for them and also um, show them about music, too, and the arts and how they can find some, some – maybe that's not what they want to do for the rest of their lives, but at least it'll be something that they can uh, let go in and, and find freedom in and express themselves in. Um, I know I did City Year. I was an AmeriCorps member, and uh, it was one of my – it was a tough experience, but it, I grew so much as a person, and um, it was a lot of fun, and I'm happy I decided to be a City Year member. Um, yeah. yeah, and I wanted – and I know that's another thing I wanted to ask you about because when you were – when you, were, when you just talked about it and AmeriCorps said it was like a tough time for you, and I know it's just a lot of work and a lot of just care that was put into everything that you did, but was there ever anything that like surprised you about the communities that you would be working with and people you would be uh, helping out when you became an AmeriCorps member? Like, What was that sort of experience like and what surprised you about it, if anything at all? In terms of the students, there was just a huge lack of confidence in themselves. They were just really? always talking down on themselves. I'm like, and it was like a a repetitive thing that I kept seeing in every student. Maybe a few of them were like, "Yeah, I, I'm I'm smart. I'm this. I can do this." But the majority of them were like, "Oh, I can't do that. Oh, I'm so dumb." Or, "Oh, my cousin tells me I'm I'm stupid." So I can't really do this. And it was just so heartbreaking to hear that. And so I made sure that I was the person that, or of course my other core members as well, we all made sure that we were the people that would, um, I guess, like uplift them and be like, no, you're smart. You got this. This is so easy. You you know how to do this. You're, you're an intelligent human being. You're an awesome human being. And we would always try to uplift them. And by the end of the year, it actually worked. Not maybe 100%, but it did help a lot of the students. Um, our, our presence and um, us uplifting them really did, did help. So that was one thing that I was like, dang, what is going on? Why are you guys talking down on yourselves? There's, and it was just so crazy because I would see all the potential that each student would have, and they would just talk down on themselves. It, it made me actually very emotional and cry because – I'm seeing the greatness in you. Why aren't you seeing it? And who's making it that, is, that way? Yeah, that it really is heartbreaking just to see so much talent and see it all potentially go to waste because the one who has it all doesn't believe in at all in themselves. That really is crushing. And But as you said, it makes you emotional, but you still continue to like tell them, like, hey, this what you're saying is not true. You're... You're amazing. You're smart. You're everything else. And so, how did it feel once you know everything was said and done, and the students really started to change and see like the potential in themselves? It was beautiful. It kind of caught me off guard too, because it was just like on a random day. I I kind of saw their their the conversation in themselves kind of change, and I was just so happy. I was like, wow, I'm I'm actually we're actually doing something. So it, it was really awesome, and I just hope that because um, I know city year you're only supposed to do it for a year or two. Um, so I, I haven't seen the kids since uh, a few months ago. So yeah, I mean I hope that they're still, you know, remembering what we told them and all those affirmations that we have for them. Uh, so yeah. I guarantee you, Yancy, they will never forget about you or what I hope you've done not. for them. No, after the mark you've left on them, they, there's no way they could forget that. But what you described reminds me a lot of this post you did on um, shared on LinkedIn for this teacher you had. I believe her name was Yolanda Wins, was it? Mm-hmm. Or, Wins? Yeah. yeah, Yolanda Wins. And there was like this little news clip of just what she's done for you and other students, uh, which definitely impacted uh, your career and where you wanted to be. So. You know, when you look back on what you've done, do you see a lot of uh, her teachings and her, like, just 
relationship with you just reflected on your uh, relationship with these children and these people? Yeah. Um, of course, she was always the person that was like, y'all are basically affirmations pretty much. Y'all are amazing. Y'all are talented. You can do whatever you set your mind to. And she was also very tough on us, too. Uh, a little bit of tough love uh, um, just to um, help us, I guess, work harder and get better. Um, so, yeah, she was a very motivational person, and she was one of the, the people that really believed in me, like, a lot, even when I didn't. Um, so I, I'm very appreciative of her and so glad that she is somebody in my life. Yeah, that's that's, that's beautiful. What was some of, what was uh, like one or two of the most important uh, lessons that she uh, taught to you that you carry to this day? Oh well, um, one thing that really popped up in my head is to be prepared. Be prepared in every room that you go to. Make sure that you know what you're talking about. Make sure that you are prepared and ready for whatever is coming. So. Uh, in whatever way, like knowing your songs, knowing, um, I don't know, I, it can mean anything, but just being prepared and, and ready for, for whatever and being ready to say yes to any opportunity. Um, so, that's what Nice. Nice. So, you just being prepared, it's just always being ready for whatever comes next, just but also, just, I don't know, just having the confidence to be ready for whatever comes your way because we both know life is crazy, unpredictable, and there's going to be a lot of ups and downs, as I'm yeah. sure you've seen already. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just, it's just no, without a doubt, it takes confidence to be prepared and just face it all head on. And you still got... uh still got so much further to go, I know, and a lot to look forward to. But right now what you've done already is incredibly impressive. But another thing I wanted to ask you about uh, before we close this out, and that was your your education and just earning the Ella Fitzgerald uh, Scholarship, just earning that huge... um, huge award right there. You know, tell us about, for people who don't know, tell us a little bit about that, like how you were to win that award and your first feelings of getting and receiving it to to now. Yeah, sure. So, well, first of all, education is very important in my family, or at least to my mother and I, um, because, you know, it's something that a lot of especially the women in my family weren't able to have for, for many different reasons. Um, and for us, my mom was the first person to graduate from, from college. So for us to, to have our that piece of paper that says, you know, I went to school <laughs> uh, is a big deal. For a lot of people, it's just a piece of paper. But for us, it's, um, it's privilege. It's a sort of freedom for us to have that. Um, but, yeah, so my first year, I actually went to the new school. Um, and then I transferred to SUNY Purchase, uh, and I decided to do jazz, to study jazz music, because um, I knew it would help me uh, be better, be a better musician, um, and understand music a lot better. And jazz music, like, why wouldn't you, you know, choose that as a musician? Um, and I'm so happy that I did. Uh, and, yeah, so one of my professors um I guess he saw a, a growth in me and potential in me that he wanted to make sure that uh, I had all the resources for me to continue staying in school because it was getting a bit difficult financially. Um, and so he kind of brought up that he had uh, the connections he had with the Ella Fitzgerald uh, Scholarship Foundation, and he brought up my name to them. I wrote a little essay for them and told them about who I am, and I guess they really liked it. And they paid for the rest of my my school years at purchase, which was a huge like lift off my mom's right. shoulders. I know it was her who was really helpful, which I'm very. You were gonna say something? Yeah, it's gonna be a huge just breath of fresh air, just like yeah. 
I'm just so privileged that my mom was taking care of all of that because I know a lot of students had to, to work and go to school and have, like, multiple jobs, actually. I didn't. I had the privilege of just going to school, and my mom was helping me out. Um, so, yeah, and then I got that scholarship, and out of all scholarships, the Ella Fitzgerald Scholarship. I, it was a big deal for me, and I, I was like, really? Do I really deserve this? Um, and, yes, I did. I was working very hard. And um, it, it was a huge deal for me. I cried, and I was I was just very happy, and I'm happy that I have that title. <laughs> I get to say that because Ella yes. is one of the legends. So, she, like, she is easily one of the greatest singers ever, one of the greatest ever. So, yeah, just education. You know, now, as people say, it's, it's so cliche, but it's true. Knowledge is power, you know, and just being able to, you know, carry on your mom's um, legacy and just graduate from college yourself and be able to say, like, hey, I got a diploma. Look, look at me. I'm, 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 I've educated myself. What, is, what do you think about just – like how people are like educated is you think there's still so much they're like not learning or like what could be like taught to people like differently or what could change in education? Oh man, that's a, ooh, that's a broad question. I'm not sure. I mean, there's a lot of, um, like, let me ask you this. If, if you were a professor or if like you were a teacher What's something you would teach uh, your students? Like musically? Yeah, like musically, or just like artistically, like something that you don't think is being is being taught enough. Well, one thing I guess I kind of missed at purchase, which I would get at, I did get at um, the new school a little bit, and at Berkeley College of Music at their summer program, that I kind of missed at purchase. They didn't really talk about money and the business side of music. Jazz music or getting into the jazz scene is a hard one. <laughs> not not that it's hard to I guess um financially it's a bit difficult. Um I don't know how to explain that. <laughs> but um yeah, they just didn't really talk about, you know, learning how to do your, your taxes and that you're able to save those Uber drives to your gigs um, as a tax, uh, what is it, deduction, I think? Um, or, you know, things like that. They didn't really talk to us about that or or things about copywriting and um, just all things music business. They didn't really do that, uh, which is something I, if I were a professor, I think I'd make sure that I'd implement that in in our classes. Um, and also just like how much should you charge for a gig or what should you ask before doing a gig? How much does it pay? Because money is very important. You can't just go around. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm going to play music. Um, this is going to be fun. We're not we're not 10 anymore. We're adults and we have things to pay for and we need to live <laughs> and we need money for that. So, yeah, that, that's something that we didn't get to talk a lot about. Um and I'm lucky that I have my, my mentors who are actually teaching me that now. Um, and, yeah, yeah, that's, that's something that we, a lot of, a lot of us have missed. Yeah, that's something else we've missed. I 100% agree with you, Yancy, because, like, finances aren't really taught, period, in yeah. um, public or um, education. In fact, or even in college, I had to... Uh, take uh, like an economics minority and join the uh, econ club to like learn anything about money. So we're definitely like people are so like missing out, you know, on like what's really important. important thing in our adult lives and we don't even know anything about it. (laughs) And nobody's taught us and it's not even our fault. We Like if nobody's telling us, how are we going to know? How will we know? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, that's like, that's that's a huge huge error on um, educational side of things. That's why I'm thankful for, you know, people like, uh, have you ever heard of Earn Your Leisure? No, I don't think Earn so. Your Leisure is this fantastic um, little podcast and um, 
show on YouTube that, where they teach you like basics of taxes, real estate, stocks, you know, cryptocurrency. They go over all things like finances and economics so that you can leave with just more confident in your future financially than you would have otherwise because you know how the game works and you know where to go from there. So you can find them on uh, YouTube. You can find them on, you know, whatever stream platforms, but I would definitely recommend them. Give them a listen because they are great. One of their, one of their, their motto is assets over liabilities. So just take that and think on that. So definitely recommend those guys. But and I'm very lucky taught me a lot too so yeah yeah there you go but you know speaking of you know business and economics i understand you are or at least were a business owner yourself uh, a brio uh, heirlooms you want to uh, tell me a little bit uh, about that yeah it's a jewelry that i started um i took a little break from it right now because things got a bit busy um, but I want to get back to it. Um, it's still there. I haven't shut it down. Um, so, yeah, it, it's basically Abril is my middle name, April. And heirlooms is, like, I guess, like a relic, something old. Um, and so I wanted to create something that I was – something else other than music that I was passionate about, which is jewelry. And I wanted to own something of my own. So, yeah, I guess the idea of the, the brand – is um, recreating um, old jewelry that was passed down to me from the women and men in my family that they've had since they were in the Dominican Republic. And these designs, you wouldn't see them anymore. So I kind of want to recreate them. Um, and that's pretty much the idea of it. And I also want it to be uh, catered to people with sensitive skin. So I want to make sure that what's in it isn't going to irritate anybody. Um, even though right now I know I'm, I don't have the budget for, like, pure gold, <laughs> um, but I, I'm being very careful with what's in the jewelry. So. Nice. So you're basically preserving, like, anyway, like family's legacy. You're preserving legacies and just trying to continue to keep them passed down for generations. Yep. That's exactly what I want to do. So. Yes. Leave no memory, leave no memory lost. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really good work right there, and so it just goes further from there. So, as we start to wrap up, you know, what are you most proud of? I want to know. Just through this journey you've been on so far, what are you, what are you most proud of, with regards of yourself or the work you've done? Just what is it? I'm proud of the woman I've become, and. By that meaning, I guess just how focused I've become and um, how much more I believe in myself than, you know, a couple of years ago and more confident. And, yeah, I'm just happy about that. And, of course, I'm, I'm very proud of graduating college, which wasn't easy, um, and being on The Voice, which is an awesome thing to have in my artistic resume. Um, and, you know, I'm just, I'm proud of myself. I don't say that enough about me. Um, and it sometimes doesn't feel like I, I don't do enough. I still feel like I'm not doing enough. <laughs> but I do have to appreciate where how far I've come and where I am and how far I'm going to continue going. So, yeah, I'm just proud of the woman I, I've become and that I'm becoming. Well, you know what? That right there, I, I, I'm, I'm, you've left me speechless now. I don't even know what to <laughs> say next. It, it, I, it, that's just another talent of yours, leaving people speechless. But yeah. you know what? That concludes, you know, ladies and gentlemen, that concludes uh, episode 21 of the upcoming Yancy Abrio, everybody. Come on now. Yes, just all around, just fantastic. So, all right, like I said, that concludes episode 21 of the upcoming. I want to give another big thank you to the 21st uh, upcoming guest, Nancy Abril. Thank you so much, Nancy. 
Thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. Yes, yes, it was. So, people, that is it for the upcoming. Be sure to tune in on Spotify, and we'll be um, streaming to more uh, platforms along the way. And, yeah, and hopefully get this video up on, like, get eh, get the upcoming up on YouTube, on Apple, every stream platform, because we're done just having it on Spotify. Let's get out to the whole world. But... Till then, right now, just be sure to tune in for more amazing content because it only gets better from here. So, with that being said, good night and happy new year. Thank you for tuning in to the upcoming. If you like this, please be sure to follow us on Spotify for more amazing content. The best is yet to come. Take care, everybody.